0: So then we're into a character song.
1: We are a massive sleazebag. Yep. We are back on reggae for this one. Yeah, gross. There's so many gross lines in this song. However, did you notice how there are some similarities between this and New Frontier? No. Listen to this and then listen to New Frontier and come back and tell me what you think. Not now, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) There's bits of it which are really similar.
0: I think the way that the vocals are on this, is quite nursery rhyme-ish.
1: Yes. What's the instrument called? Is it a calliope? That old-fashioned organ that starts with.
0: I got really confused because I thought that was the end of circus money. Oh. Because it's like circus music, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is.
0: But it's this. But I don't know if that's like a mistake. That doesn't tie up with this song? Um,
1: I or don't do you know. It, I don't know whether it's actually more fun for.
0: It just doesn't tie up with this kind of well to do predator, Ugh. which is what he is.
1: Yeah, don't like him. You know, he's like, like, like him, oh, you
0: know, I'm a good guy, I'm a safe harbor in every storm.
1: Yeah, but he's really gross.
0: Many call, but fewer chosen. Ugh. And then there's the line where he says, Kundalini now. Steady girl, let me grab on your
2: wiggy hat. Down in the concrete we shall go. No brains, no regrets, no worries.
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy
2: hey, howdy ho. Kundalini now, baby,
1: let me show you how.
0: Which is just horrible.
1: I don't like him. It's, it's obviously like... just
0: like getting her into weird sexual positions.
1: Yeah. What a prize you are. Honey, yeah. don't you scratch my new car. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah, there's so many Playdate, Amateur Night, grim little references in this song that I really don't like. We are on familiar territory because they are so capable of creating these hideous characters. Because he's not even tragic at all, this guy. He's selfish Jean. Yeah, selfish Jean. That whole take a dollar from the drawer, daddy's got a whole lot more. From the drum. Gonna hold
0: on. I don't like him. It's like, oh, go and buy yourself something nice to wear.
1: Yeah, the play date's over and the case is closed. Yeah.
0: And his selfish gene needs clarity and closure. So he kind of seals that with her giving him a hug. <laughs>
1: it's and then horrible. he kind of
0: feels okay about it. It's like, oh, she hugged me. So it was all good.
1: It was all good.
0: But then at the end, it says, do yourself and your friend a favor. You don't bargain with selfish gene. So it's almost like, just fucking stay away from him. Mm. Which is unusual, that at the end, because it's kind of like you find out what selfish gene is like and it's just stay the fuck away from him.
1: Do yourself and your friend a favour. Now I'm thinking about Babylon Sisters. There was a threesome potentially in Babylon Sisters, wasn't there? Is this about a threesome? I don't think
0: so because it doesn't mention. It does seem like he's just talking about one woman.
1: Do yourself and your friend a favour. I don't know. I haven't thought that through at all. I've literally just thought that now.
0: (laughs) But it is just a really greasy, horrible picture, isn't it? Yes, it is.
1: I was actually quite surprised to find out that it was Walter on Solo Guitar Duties on this one. I just assumed it would be Dean Parks again. Yeah. But it's not. It is Walter. Walt is on it. Well,
0: we know he's capable of, of a good solo.
1: Yeah, we do.
0: It's a nice sounding song, but it's just grim lyrics. Yeah, it's it, pretty grim. It's like you said, it's it's, it's completely familiar Steely Dan territory, isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: Do you think, this might be a controversial comment to make, do you think this album's too long? No,
0: I don't, because it's 12 songs. The songs are pretty much short. Like, the, the longest song is Paige and Audrey, which is just under mm. seven minutes, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I don't feel any of these songs outstay their welcome. There's just a lot of them.
1: I don't mean as in the songs go on too long. I just mean it's almost like there's almost another album in here somewhere.
0: I know what you mean. Like maybe it could have been split into two.
1: I don't know, though.
0: I don't think there's a weak song on this record.
1: No, I agree. Because I was thinking if you were going to try and trim this album down, what songs would you lose? And I'm like, I don't think you could lose any of them because it paints such a picture, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it's really kind of colourful. Should we move on? Okay. Do you remember the name?
1: This is a deep dubby one. And my second note on this is I still find the reggae thing on this album completely disarming. Because I know that it's dub or reggae. and Every time one comes on, I'm like, holy fuck.
0: <laughs> I keep forgetting. I just love that they decided to make these dub and reggae songs. <laughs> he was obviously listening to it a lot.
1: Yeah, he obviously was. Which, if you recall... I do. I'm literally thinking of that very moment. When we mentioned Lee Scratch Perry.
0: Yeah. yeah. We were like, were they listening to Lee Scratch Perry? What was that? Haitian divorce?
1: Oh, yes, of course.
0: Yeah, it's when we were talking about Haitian divorce.
1: Okay, well done.
0: And we were just like, well, they must have been listening to reggae. I do remember that we're just kind of just like, we were just sitting around listening to Lee Scratch Perry. Ha, ha, ha.
1: Ha, ha, ha. Isn't that funny? But. Now look. Let's, look what <laughs> happened. <laughs> we punked ourselves. We did punk ourselves.
0: It actually happens.
1: Is this, again, another kind of love lost song? Is this song
0: a song about dementia?
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Immemorious. <laughs> Do you remember the name?
2: Remember the name of the man? The name of the man who tried hard. Immemorious was his name,
0: oh. That was actually the words that made me bing, like have that. I was like, ah, it is. And it's just constantly saying, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? Fuck. The husband is fading and the wife is, do you remember all of this stuff? Do you remember it all? Do you remember the face of such graceful dimension? The one that you wore in the world? It was such a lovely invention. You know, the eyes have kind of gone. Like,
1: yeah. Oh my God, you keep doing this to me. Jesus Christ.
0: I did tell you. I went deep on this record, Lizzie. <laughs> you did,
1: you did. You really did. This is your Morph the Cat.
0: Yeah, this is my Morph the Cat, yeah.
1: Immemorious. Yeah. We keep just saying immemorious. That's a word <laughs> that he <laughs> says right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Immemorious was his name, Oh, which is an old word. Do you yeah. remember
0: the time? Remember the time of the year? The
1: time of the year was the spring. The
0: year was the spring of our ruin. This guy's probably not been a very nice guy. But his mind's just gone. Mm. And so he's escaped it all because he can't remember any of it.
1: Holy shit. Better have some answers for your trophy wife. Better not get cozy with your trophy life. Yeah. You're losing everything.
0: Yeah. It's all just disappearing.
1: You're, but he's maybe he's fighting against it? Yeah, maybe.
0: Like his memory's just kind of turning mm. on and off. But it's, it's super nuanced.
1: Yeah, it really is. Have I said the word vibe yet? <laughs> no. Vibe is one of my most used words when it comes to describing music. This is vibey. Yeah. It's that breakdown, this awesome, really rich breakdown. he knows he has dementia. He's fighting against it. Yeah. It feels like he's trying not to disappoint his wife.
0: Yeah. He says, better
1: have some answers for your trophy wife. Better not get... So better have your... Or it's like, or it's
0: like he wants to redeem himself, but he can't because his memories are just turning off on him. Maybe. He's not able to have that conversation. No. He knows he's been a fucking prick, but... He doesn't have the he doesn't have the ability to write it.
1: Yeah. Wow! Oh, holy shit!
0: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I say that
0: <laughs> we're like merging into one. Here
1: we are. Should we hop on to the next one? Yeah. Somebody Saturday night.
0: This is a clever tune. This is super clever. It's one of two songs that yes. sets itself up for a punchline at the end.
1: Okay, so I feel like there's two different perspectives. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody Saturday night dehumanising because yeah. I think somebody Saturday night is a sex worker.
0: Because I just think like the girl is somebody Saturday night, but you see it from the perspective of the man and the girl.
1: I think it's potentially to do with a sex worker. Pamela's Pistol Dawn is a brothel.
0: Oh, shit. Of course it fucking is.
1: room with a beddy buy going on.
0: But let's just say, one of the best lyrics ever that I've ever read and heard in my life. Yeah. Drink, drink, cigarette, talky, talk, drink, drink, smoke, cigarette.
1: <laughs> it's quite evocative, isn't it? That
0: is amazing because it's like a night on fast forward. You can just kind of see it all happening really quickly. And those are the things that you just see all the... Smoke happening and the cloud of cigarette smoke and just drinking and chatting.
1: The line, she looked good in the available light is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really dehumanising because like, you're not talking about her as a person. You're talking yeah. about her as a thing to purchase. Yeah. But Saturday night says, hey, it's raining. You wouldn't kick a good girl out on a night like this. And he's like, well, fucking watch me. I'm going to kick you out kind of thing. And then she says, pucker up, darling, for my legendary goodnight kiss, which is a punch, I think. She lays the guy out. She's no fool, but she's none too bright. She's just someone Saturday night. And then that kind of changes perspective, I think. It's her perspective. And you start hearing more about her character, beads of her beatnik rosary.
0: Thinking nobody gives it exactly the way you want it. No one ever gets it with a money back guarantee
1: which is sex work
0: yeah but she's not having good sex
1: this is a really clever song it starts off and you're like oh here we go he's yeah you know he's dehumanizing a woman yeah doesn't even refer to her as a woman he refers to her as a thing and an object and then it's oh hang on a minute she lays the guy out for being a dick
0: yeah and then it's like but i've been born with the second sight now i'm looking in the mirror at somebody saturday night so she's looking at herself. I get along. In fact, I do all right yeah. being somebody's Saturday night. Yeah, she's kind of making right. loads of money. Because I think where it says, but I've been born with a second sight, is like she knows like this isn't like a permanent state for her. She's just making all this money off these guys. And then she's just going to fuck it all off and go to Bard College.
1: <laughs> go to Bard College and listen to Aretha Franklin.
0: Yeah. It turns that whole thing, like you say, because you're just like, oh, here we go. This is like another chip on the shoulder about a girl. Yeah. But it's not because he's matured. He's in his early 50s at this point.
1: Yeah. That kind of bothers me a little bit on some of the songs because of what he's singing about. Yeah. But I have to keep in mind that... He is singing about characters and not himself. Well,
0: not all yeah. the time. Yeah, in the songs where he's singing about himself, he doesn't do that. It's just following what him and Don are good at, which is just these horrible, nasty characters. Because they're older, because they're more mature, they're able to make it fully rounded. And it's more than what you think it's about.
1: Nuance.
2: There's a,
0: there's a pay- Nuance, there's a payoff.
1: Hmm.
0: It's not just, oh, I feel like I've got to have a shower now I've listened to that song. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean,
1: I know exactly what you mean. Darkling Down,
0: darkling down.
1: I'm gonna keep pointing out all the reggae songs. Yes, yeah,
0: I... I actually noted all the reggae songs in my notes. The,
1: the lyrics on this are so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. It's an apocalyptic reggae song, isn't it?
1: Um, yeah, mm, or
0: post yes. apocalyptic.
1: Hmm. I don't know, I don't know if it's post apocalyptic. I feel like it's kind of like self reflective on. He's kind of taking stock of what he's ended up with in his life. That's how I feel.
0: Yeah, but I think because of some of the lyrics, it's not, it's a character song that's set in the future about post- oh, okay. a okay. And it's post-apocalyptic. Oh, okay. Because it says, because it talks about, well, along in the 21st hour when the whole damn grid goes down.
2: This is how the party
0: gets started. In for a penny, in for a pound. Everything's switched off, like all electricity's switched off. Yeah. And I thought in for a penny, in for a pound, it's like a pound of flesh. So it's like a more of a biblical edge to it.
1: Okay. Because then he talks about a cup of spleen later on, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah.
0: And then he's just like, oh, well, let me show you like what the new neighborhood's like. And you go to a barbershop in Inglewood. And you can't get past the bouncers. Why is there a bouncer in a barber shop? It's because there's something so in, else I like...
1: Almost like a speakeasy.
0: Yeah, it's been repurposed. Yeah. They go to a coffee shop and they have a cup of coffee and a Vicks inhaler. <laughs> and I think that references, and this I know from reading Jack Kerouac, because they would break open a Vicks inhaler and you could swallow it and you could get high on it. It had an ingredient in it that you could get high on.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I just it was
1: craving when I think of Vicks Vaporub.
0: <laughs> oh, before we go too far, because it mentions saying about what happens if I die too late. Get back with your dime store nihilism.
1: That so- is Steely Dan. Yeah, yeah. I, when I, I thought that as soon as I saw that line, dime store nihilism. Yeah, she's so mean. <laughs> it's really mean about Steely Dan. I don't think there were dime store nihilists. No. I mean, they probably called themselves nihilists.
0: But they aren't.
1: It's understanding what it is to be a nihilist, not believing in anything. But it's a bit, it's pretty harsh, I thought, that line.
0: But it's, yeah, but it's great. It's great. It's just great. I just really love that phrase, dimestore nihilism.
1: Here I am, (laughs) telling Walter Becker he's wrong. (laughs) 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 He's
0: wrong. (laughs) And then it's like, is he then going to try and rob... Some wine? Because like muscatel is, is wine, isn't it? Muscatel is great. Yes.
1: It's like quite a quite fancy choice.
0: So like a rare or just like a fancy, like posh wine to kind of treat. It's a desperate time. Like I've swallowed my Vixen inhaler, but I need that proper hit. Just need like a really classy hit. Some really booze. classy hit. Yeah. Just some it's really nice
1: bit, booze. sort of threw me a little bit. And then milk and honey in the by and by. Well, it's that
0: whole like biblical thing though, isn't it? Milk yeah, and honey it's like that second kind of vague, like biblical reference. And the fact that it's called Darkling Down, it's this idea of, of darkness.
1: Darkling of- down on the balls of his ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of phrases in this whole album that I just find inherently funny. So balls, I just makes me laugh. So enjoy that fact fans. <laughs> so the bit about that made me think he's kind of taking stock is when he's kind of reeling through his picnic.
2: Who will feast on this buzzard's banquet? Who will render my heroic bust? Who will choke on the lacrimose musings? Who will eat my zero dust? Who will wear this puke-streak tunic? Who shall gorge on this cup of spleen? Who will sing about the good, bad and ugly? And all and everything in... It's
0: kind of
1: medieval, isn't it? Puke-streak tunic?
0: Yeah, buzzard's banquet. Heroic bust, lachrymose musings, uh,
1: it just zero ch- dust,
0: which is totally a battle apple type reference. Do you think? Yeah, like what the fuck is zero dust?
1: Right? Who will eat
0: my zero dust? <laughs> Cup of spleen.
1: Yeah, the apocalyptic element is...
0: Yeah, you can just imagine this urban medieval just return to the dark age. And then it says, darkling down, this is God's good man on his hands and knees, living God's good plan. It's well, this is just what God's meant for us. This was meant to happen. This is, you know, we just deal with it. And with him saying about like a zero G dive, because that's like when you kind of go down in a plane, like really fast, isn't it? Yeah. So things have happened like really quickly.
1: Yeah. I feel I don't know this is a real the head scratcher for me and the next one's a bit of a head scratcher for me as well
0: oh, I've got something for you in the next one
1: I love the next one
0: Should we go on to it
1: God's Eye View <laughs> one of my favourites on the album mainly because of the call and response yeah also bass clarinet on this yeah because I could hear it in the background I was like fuck it's a bass clarinet
2: break down Up the last resistance and the partisans fold their tan a permanent
1: picture of your in and then there's a bass clarinet solo. Bass and clarinet I don't, I don't solo. Heard a bass clarinet played like that.
0: Yeah, it's super jazzy, isn't it?
1: But also but the range of it, because it's so deep and so bassy, obviously, funnily yeah. enough. Yeah. But then there are points where it sounds... Not quite alto, not quite soprano, but like an alto sax. It's amazing. I was like, oh my god, this is blowing my mind. So just that alone. And I have some other kind of vague ideas about what the song's about, but I'm interested to hear your take. Takes. Is this song
0: about a second coming? The second coming? If it is about the second coming, is it about Christ returning as a woman?
1: Oh my God, you need to stop doing this to me. <laughs> Explain your workings.
0: <laughs> so Christ has returned as a woman, Christine, and she's just like in with a bad crowd. She's not like saving the world and everything's just kind of going wrong. It mentions about, like it says in the book, it mentions Bible story with a plot twist at the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the plot twist. And whatever happens, well, it's happening here again.
1: Oh, okay. Because I've thought about this really literally.
0: And it says, no original sins, the house Mm. always wins.
1: Oh, yes, of course. Oh, fuck. My initial note was it's like a wry take on truth. So what people see is one thing, but actually what it really is. And that's about as far as I got with it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. See, what needs to happen now? I think I kind of want to go away and listen to all these songs again, the ones that you've blown my mind on and have another think about them. Because it was the line, Baby, it's the queen and rook chasing one lonely pawn.
2: It's the,
0: the queen can move in any direction. And then the Rook can only travel diagonally.
1: That has absolutely not made any difference to my understanding of the song
0: whatsoever. <laughs> They're probably like the most like versatile pieces on the chess board because they can travel the furthest. Chasing one lonely pawn. Is that like... pawn? That's like the truth or... Because the pawn's like the soldier, isn't it?
1: Like humanity.
0: Yeah, like the redemption of man. Oh my God. So she's like in this relationship with this guy. He's like, oh yeah, you're the Queen and I'm the Rook. He's taken her down the wrong path. Because then he says at the end, it's the God's eye view, baby, take a hard look. I was standing right there when they wrote in the book.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like writing a new Bible. But,
1: oh, it's the fucking devil. I was just about to say that. Isn't it? That's fucking what it is. No original sins. Christ has
0: returned as a woman and she's ended up in a relationship with the devil.
1: Yeah. You know, it don't seem right after all that's happened and I end up with a prick like you. Yeah, I cracked the code. (laughs) (laughs) Ten points to Team John.
0: Uh, That was a Team True Crit.
1: All right, okay. Because
0: we had the thought at the same time.
1: High five. As you said it, I was like, yes. (laughs) That's
0: exactly (gasps) what this song is about.
1: Oh, just a simulation of the mummy and daddy groove.
0: Yeah, Adam and Eve. The safe house is like Eden.
1: My mind's blown, John.
0: <laughs> this album's just, it's magnificent.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great album. It's a great album. I'm so surprised by how much I enjoyed listening to it. Yeah. Because I really was like, oh God, this is going to be really hard work. And actually, it's been a joy.
0: Yeah. And it's just been great to unpick all these songs. But yeah. I've got to say, like a permanent picture of your pussy print in cement <laughs> is... The most horrible line in any of their songs.
1: Um, Yeah, it's pretty bad.
0: Why did he have to use pussy print?
1: Yeah, and then cement in the same line. Yeah,
0: I've got a really powerful imagination. The image that that brought into my head, I was just like, that is disgusting.
1: Yeah, I kind of glossed over that line.
0: It totally stuck out to me.
1: It's, it's really gross. And that's why you've kind
0: of got that gospel, like, call and response. It's yeah, like church-related.
1: Yeah. yeah, you bang on. And then we haven't mentioned yet the addition of Sweet Pea Atkinson. Yeah. And Woody Bowen's backing vocals. So they're not hugely prominent. You can hear them in the background. I feel like that's a significant addition.
0: Yeah, just really powerful gospel voices.
1: Yeah, that's why I sent you that video.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that video is amazing.
1: Just in case you're interested, I stumbled upon a performance by those two guys of 1960 Watt, properly electrifying. I absolutely was like, holy shit, imagine seeing that live. I think also because I'm missing live music so desperately. Three picture deal.
0: Now, this is the other song that I said that kind of sets itself up for a punchline.
1: This is my favourite song on the whole album.
0: Wow. Come on then.
1: I love it. It's very Dan-esque. And I feel like it could be on kind of Katie Lloyd a bit. Yeah, but then, yeah. But then it's just boom. Tempo change and completely takes you out of the verse. And you're like, oh my god, it completely takes you by surprise. And it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. This kind of hits you. The tempo change for the chorus. And I feel like. Is this him being a sleazy stalker?
0: No, he's a grifter.
1: Oh, oh, okay. He's
0: just like watching this amazing, talented woman do her thing. But he knows he's almost like with her because he's going to get something big out of it himself. Creamy thighs and bedroom eyes, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have written a note here that says I just can't move away from how negative it feels about her. It's funny listening to him sing about really modern things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like when he says the yoga den is mega zen.
1: It almost sounds like as well she's an influencer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Which didn't exist in 2008, did they? No. Really? The way they do now.
0: It's kind of it's just like a just a debutante, isn't she?
1: Yeah, the grifter angle is right. It's the final line that I found deeply poignant which is, I know they're going to need a song. And I know that's, now you've said grifter. I know that's as in, you know, they're going to need something out of me and I'll be there to go, hey, here we go.
0: Yeah, because Um, what he says is, the night is here, the big premiere. It's the lady and the reprobate. Now, a man like me should never be where a man like me does not belong. But I know they're going to need a soundtrack. I know they're going to need a song. He's like riding her coattails, isn't he? Yeah.
1: But I think there's something really sad and poignant. Knowing what we know now, I know they're going to need a song. It feels like concluding something. I just love it. It's just really gorgeous. You've got this weird little synth jabs in the background.
2: Face is framed in golden light. Creamy and bedroom eyes. call it urchin with an
1: It ends on this really beautiful groove as well. It's just stunning. I love it. It is my, actually, it's 100% my favorite song on the album. I really love it.
0: Being a free picture deal, that's again, you know, the three kind of phases of life.
1: <gasps> oh, we're linking back. Through with the other songs.
0: Yeah. That that was my first kind of thing. I was like, is this another? But it's not. It's the fact that she's got this big deal. But it does link back because it's a three.
1: Fucking hell. Do you think he was going to make a third album?
0: He definitely had it in him. But, you know, they just got into the touring money, didn't they? You know, if you think this record's on some tiny labels to the point where you can't buy it in the UK, unless you want to spend 40 quid, it's not an easy to get record because it's just a small pressing.
1: Do you think it's a coincidence as well that he is talking about a trilogy, life being in three phases, when Donald's first three solo albums were also about three phases of life?
0: I would wager that is probably a conversation that they've had between the two of them because you can say that Royal Scam and Asia and Gaucho uh, is a trilogy as well. So it's almost they maybe they could be, oh, we made a trilogy and then I made a trilogy. And then, you know, it's, we know that they were really well-read people. They read a lot and they thought a lot. And it's so apparent, it's apparent in this record, you know, all the references that we've talked about and just the references that are peppered in the songs, literary records. And so, you know, I don't doubt that they had a deep psychological element Especially in their later years. And and again, I think that's really apparent from Two Against Nature Onwards. Yeah. that we're dealing in in a whole new maturity of their songwriting that that goes way deeper than their stuff before.
1: Yeah. You look at Morph the Cat. Yeah. And what that album was about.
0: Yeah. That's it's not the same guys that wrote Raw Scam, Asia and gaucho
1: Dime Store Nihilists. I don't think they are Dime Store Nihilists, but then I, I don't love think them. They are. Yeah. I d-
0: you know, I just think that they, you know, for a long time, they were the angry nerds on the outside of everything. You know, through the success of their talent, they got to live a life that they probably never imagined. You know, they they probably just thought they, they were going to, you know, live like their heroes, just live hard yes. and fast and then just extinguish. But they didn't. They were still making records in their early to mid 50s. And because they were so well-rounded, because they listened to a lot of music and obviously they watched a lot of films and they read a lot of books, that time of doing that, of going through that process, meant they had a really well-rounded view of the world. And and they become softer because they just feel comfortable in the world.
1: Well, I did find this album, I keep saying it, there was a sadness to it. Yeah. Knowing that this was the last recording. Yeah. The water. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know, would it have had that same amount of poignancy had he not died in 2017? Probably not.
0: There's no way to know. This <gasps> this is it. This is like the end for him.
1: Walter, oh, thank all the tunes, mate.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: What yeah. fucking album? to go, up, go on, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine if he'd only made eleven tracks of work. Yeah,
0: we would have just been. Well, we would have just been. Well, at least he had two more good Steely Dan records after. Yeah. But it's, we get this magnificent jewel.
1: Yeah, a real understated gem, this one, isn't it? Yeah,
0: this is the, when you've heard all of the records, this is the one to kind of pick up and just be like, he just had it. He just knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was writing about. And...
1: He makes me really happy that he found somebody to make this record with.
0: Yeah, yeah, just... You know, just some really amazing, intelligent, seasoned players that just highlights all of his abilities. Like what a great luxury to have, especially as you've seen Don do it twice by himself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think we're at the end.
0: I think we are at the end. So we'll be back in two weeks with the last episode of season one of True Crit. (laughs) Possibly but we don't know. There's a question mark over it. Possibly the last Donald Fagan record. If it transpires that it's not, we'll add that episode onto this season.
1: I really hope hope we
0: And I hope we do because I like the idea of a new Donald Fagan record coming out and us being really excited about it and literally listening to it in a two-week period (laughs) and then unpicking it, just unpicking this fresh meat I'll um, pay Jim. Yeah, page and Donald. <laughs> I've sung too much on this, it's like. Oh, sung
1: in life. I know how much you love this album. It's really cute. <laughs> really, cute. it's always nice to discover a new album that you love, isn't it? Yeah, an album that you just get so much from. Yeah, it's a real joy in life.
0: Yeah, it is, it? and it and it has been. To go from being so reluctant to listen to this record and to be like, oh, no, not again, (laughs) to just falling in love with it. Nice. I'm
1: really, It's, it's really nice.
0: It's been a great journey.
2: Okay. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks' time.